Great to see everyone today. What was I thankful for in the prayer before? What was the blessing? It was you guys. Great to see you. The movie 1917 just came out. I don't know how many of you have seen it. If you haven't seen the movie, I want to catch you up a little bit about the premise. Uh, it's a movie about getting one message uh, from one front line to another because the Americans are heading into a trap. It's a movie that is about World War I, and it's a story told from the perspective of two soldiers who are sending this message. Now, as I saw this movie, it was a reminder of many different things. It's a reminder to me of how much war has changed. They were in an era of trench warfare. So if you want to know what that looks like, you can go to Cantini, and you can also watch this movie. Uh, you can get some history lesson there. It's a movie that reminds me that war brings out the worst parts of life. Whether it be what they found in the trenches, whether it be the constant attack and threat they were under, what it meant for their families that they were in danger, war truly is the worst parts of life. It was a reminder that those who have then served us deserve our respect. I think it's always good, always beneficial uh, to thank those who have served us, uh, whether it be in the armed forces or in our country. But, but what I want to talk to you about today is that there's a principle attached to this activity in 1917. Uh, the principle is this, the first takeaway, that some of the greatest acts are also the hardest. For these messengers to go and uh, to try to save the lives of those soldiers, it was a great thing to do. But the movie illustrates it was very hard. Now, now let me riff on this principle just a little bit. Uh, tomorrow is MLK Junior Day. Anyone have off of school? Where's, where's people off of school? Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's good. And, and he's a great man to remember. Who hasn't been inspired by his vision for our country or by, by some of his speeches? The I have a dream speech. Here's just one line uh, from that speech. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Martin Luther King Jr. lived a significant life through his speeches and demonstrations, through all that he did. And truly, our nation saw an inflection point when it came to this and, and, and greater equality when it came to this issue, all because of him. What I also consider is it came at great cost. He was constantly under threat, and finally his life was taken from him. Because sometimes to, to be really significant and, and to do something really great, it is also really hard. That, that's true of every mom. Uh, right now, there are labor rooms filled with very great mothers doing something very significant, but at a high cost. That's true of every student trying very hard to ace a test, and, and you've studied and, and you've crammed and you're trying to cram even more information into that brain so that you can get a good grade. That's true of every good worker who, who knows what it takes to, to truly solve a complex problem and get to it. You know, in fact, at work, sometimes people use this phrase, if it were easy, everyone would do it. Anyone else toss that around at the workplace? If it were easy, everyone would do it. Pastors say that, mechanics say that, attorneys say that. If it were easy, everyone would do it, right? And what does it remind us of? That to truly, again, be a good worker, you're going to have a moment where you feel like Scotty from Star Trek saying, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. That's as best as I got. I'm sorry. That's really bad, really bad. But isn't that true? 
You're going to go through a lot in order to do something really significant and really good. And that's the way of life. The reason this matters is because we're in this series called Chasing the Carrot. And we're trying to hop off the hamster wheel uh, of the common pursuits that many people have. And many people, above all things, would like to be comfortable, would like to have the easy life, would, would like things to always only go their way. And something you should know about chasing after that is this, that the carrot of comfort may keep you from greatness. That, that if your main goal is just to live the easy life and, and to lay back and, and for things to go your way, it, it may keep you from some superior things that God wants for your life. Now, I want to welcome you if you're new to this place or new to Christianity. Man, we are so glad you're here. We're, we're, we're so okay that you have questions or maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian yet. Welcome. But, but something you should know about the Christian lifestyle is that God calls us to greatness. God calls us to significance. He, he said, when it comes to my people, you know what they're going to be like? They're going to be like a light on a hill. And people are going to see this light and they're going to wonder what's different because, because of how they act and what they're doing. And he gave us a way to be great, uh, we, the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit that should be in every follower is this. The, the fruit of the Spirit is, is love and joy and peace and forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are really, really great qualities, aren't they? but they're really, really hard to do. I mean, just take faithfulness. It's this idea that you are reliable and consistent in how well you work, in your demeanor, in your kindness, that, that people can just count on you. Now, in a world where we all get sick and we're not all having good days, to be that kind of faithful and show up all the time, that's going to be uncomfortable. Or, or forbearance, to be patient. To be patient all of the time when I'm in traffic, when I'm at the store, when I'm dealing with people who aren't very patient with me, that's not always going to be comfortable. But it's going to be great. I mean, take your pick. To do any of these well will we'll take some struggle. It'll take some effort. But it'll be great to do. And so we're going to turn to the Word of God, and, and we get to hear Paul talk. And, and something you should know about Paul is that Paul was great. He was the greatest missionary of all time. No one spread the message of the resurrected Savior more than Paul. But Paul is also going to show us what that takes. He's also going to tell us what it feels like to be great in this way. Are you ready for it? So we're going to get into the Word of God. Uh, we, we do honor the Word, but this is a long section. I'm going to let you sit today. Just be warm. Sit by your coats. Um, but please uh, uh, pay attention to the Word either in the worship folder or on the screen before you. Paul says, this is how it feels like to do what I do. It feels like I have this treasure in a jar of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. 
It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. These are great words that we get to dig into about the experience of Paul and what it felt like to be a minister of the new covenant to be great. Could you turn to your neighbor and tell them you have the right to be weary? You have the right to be weary. And we have coffee and we have sugar to help you out. Have you ever had uh, one of the, the greatest years of your life? Uh, some of you are old enough to look back at one of the greatest years of your life. And, and I want to take you back to one of mine. I was a sophomore in high school, and I was never good at sports. Um, I was always a bench warmer. I was always the heart of the team. But my JV year of football, I started both ways. So JV year, uh, here's our football team. Uh, here I am. Bowl cuts were popular. I'm not sure if it's coming back. And I'll, I'll never forget um, probably the hardest game I played. I was a buck 35, and they wanted me to play lineman. So usually I was offensive line, but they wanted me to play guard. I think the guard that day was sick, um, was, was out. I forget why, maybe suspended. And, and I, I still remember it because you remember painful things, don't you? They're like seared into your memory. And, and, and for all of that game, I was going against people twice my size, trying to push them away. Uh, they were 250, I'm a buck 35, and it was really, really difficult. Now, we, we won the game, uh, which was great because it was in-town rival against Lake Mills, and we were the private uh, school inside of Lake Mills, so, so that was good. But I'll never forget my coach uh, coming at me and giving me an attaboy because he knew I just had a day, Right? He knew I was not supposed to play guard. I was not a great lineman. Um, and, and this was just a very difficult thing. But if you've ever been part of a team, it reminded me of what it's like to be a teammate. If you're on a really good team, it matters less who scores the points and more that you have enough points to win the game. It matters less what your position is and more that the team is functioning as it should to be the best they can be. And while I, I wasn't very comfortable that day, I do believe that I was giving the team a good service, right? And, and what I even believe is, is a principle I want to share with you, that I believe there's a correlation between discomfort and the degree you serve someone. Yes, I was not trained for this position. Yes, I wasn't ready to do this, but they needed someone. And while uncomfortable for me, it was great for the team. Now, if you're a parent, maybe you can relate to this. It is your discomfort sometimes that is a benefit to those around you, yes? And amen? I, I was uh, uh, watching Facebook, and I, I love to see what I see there, and, and this one kind of made me laugh. Uh, being a parent is like jumping out of a plane with a bunch of people who don't know how to open their chutes. So you fly around doing it for them. Then you hit the ground, but you don't die. You get up and cook dinner, right? And some of you know what this is like. 
We have moms and dads, and you're a full-time worker, and you're a full-time mom or dad, and you're a full-time chauffeur, and you're a full-time tutor, and you're a full-time chef, and you're a full-time house cleaner, and you're a full-time treasurer for that household, and they're coming at you, and it's like they're two fifty, and you're a buck thirty-five, and you're like, ah! But, but that's true of so much of life, right? If you really want to serve well, it's going to cause discomfort. Now, now, this makes uh, sense as we talk about what it's like to follow God. Uh, what I'm convinced, and maybe you too, God calls us to a life of service, to be a servant. But what I have found is that if you really want to serve well, if you really want to empty yourself, it rarely fits convenience, schedules, and preference. If you want to be a servant, it means that you put someone else before yourself, and that is uncomfortable by nature. And that's what Paul was talking about today. Uh, look at how he put it. I love this. It says, so we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And so you could say it this way, to the degree that I die is the degree that you live. To the degree that I am in uncomfortable situations and discomfort is the degree that you are served by what I'm doing. And Paul knew this. See, Paul, in order to share the gospel of Jesus, at some churches, he would work um, his own job. He'd be a tent maker as well as a full-time minister so that his discomfort could provide even greater benefit. Paul knew what it was like to be in a place and his, his life was under threat and he'd have to flee. He knew what it was like to be flogged and shipwrecked, to be imprisoned, all so that he could share with others this tremendous message of a resurrected Savior. Now, what does this all mean for you and me? I think sometimes we get down and out if we're feeling tired or worn out. Sometimes we might, might think that there's something wrong in me if I'm physically and emotionally depleted. And I just want to tell you, if you're weary today and worn out today, it might not be that you're doing it wrong. It might actually be that you're doing it really right. That you came in that way because you know what it is to max out your service for the sake of someone else. And I want to tell you, you have the right to be weary there's a song that we've sung in Amazing Love. It's called Worn. Uh, some of you know it. And, and the lyrics just say, I'm tired, I'm worn, my heart is heavy from the work it takes to keep on breathing. It's okay to be exhausted and just say, I got nothing in the tank. Because would you, would you turn your lens to Jesus? What moment was comfortable for him? On what day did he say, I'm going for comfortable? Our leader, our example, our savior knew what it was like to be worn out. I mean, this is a man, this is a savior who said, no matter who you are, you have my time and attention. I go to the children, the tax collectors and prostitutes. I go to the religious people and the leaders like Pontius Pilate. You all get some of me. That's fine. Because I love each one of you. This is Jesus who, after he preached, would do miracles. On his way to preach, would do a miracle if someone touched him. He, he's the guy who, again, had time and attention and maxed out his earthly life. But you know what, got, what happened to Jesus? 
he got weary and worn out. This is the story of our Savior. In fact, one of my favorite accounts of his weariness is when he's on a boat. Does anyone know this one? And, and, and his disciples who are fishermen, they think they're going to die. Now, that's interesting because disciples know the difference between like, ooh, waves, and like, we're going to die, right? And, and, and while this squall is going on, and he's in an open boat, not a yacht, look what Scripture says. It says, Jesus was in the stern. Can you say this word? He was sleeping. Now, that is so interesting because think of two scenarios it's really hard to sleep through. It's really hard to sleep when other kids are screaming, right? Any, any moms? It's really hard to sleep through screaming. And it's really hard to sleep through the splashing of water. Jesus got them both, and he's so tired. He's earned that worn out that he is still snoring on that cushion. What does it mean if you ever get weary and worn out and you're just like, oh, I don't got it? You might be doing it right. And welcome to the club. But you know the temptation of weary? Can I tell you the temptation? The temptation is to give up and give in. The temptation is to say, it's just not worth it and someone else can. In fact, I just want to ask you, is there anything right now, maybe a good calling for your life, that you're tempted to give up on? What is something truly good, and you're a little bit weary, but you're tempted to give up and call it a day? You know, Paul, he, he again said, you, you know what it's like? We're hard-pressed and perplexed, persecuted and struck down. And sometimes when we're hard-pressed, we feel like doing anything to escape and get release. Sometimes when perplexed, we decide whatever makes me happy because I have no clarity anyway. When persecuted and struck down, sometimes... Maybe I should just stay down <laughs> and not get up again. And the reality of our spiritual nature is sometimes we're too weak. So sometimes when we're tempted to do the wrong thing, instead of really fighting and getting weary from the fight, we just give in. And sometimes when we're up to really good work, instead of giving it again and going at it, say it's not worth it. Which is why Jesus is the one that we praise. Which is why he is the one who has the right to be called a savior. Because he took it further. He wasn't just hard-pressed. No, he was crushed. He gave his life. He, he wasn't just perplexed. He was in despair in a garden called Gethsemane where he was praying and sweating drops of blood and saying, Lord, if there's any other way, Father, please just take it from me. He wasn't persecuted, abandoned. The father turned away and he said, why? Why have you turned away as he became the curse of sin? He wasn't struck down. No, he was destroyed. He was killed, crucified. But here's the good news. To the degree that Jesus bears discomfort is the degree that we are benefited because he fought and because he won, we now have the right to victory. We have the right to peace, to know that we are more than conquerors, to know that a better day is coming, all because he overcame for us. And the reality of being in him is this. 
You may never be comfortable, and you might not be comfortable right now, but you can be comforted. Because you have a God who overcame for you. You have a God who loves you more than you know right now. Who says, every time you gave up and gave in, that's why I stuck in it for you. So you can still be considered perfect. He's so beautiful. There's no one greater. But let's talk a little bit more about weary. I was considering um, what it's like to be a boxer, right? And I was thinking, like, how, how many of us, you know, have our own matches that we're facing? And so often I think that when it comes to people, we're so good for a few rounds. Like round one, yeah. Round two, look at them go. Round three, awesome. But, but I think along the way, some, some of us wonder, it's round 13. It's round 35. It's round 300. Like, please tell me there's something in the corner waiting for me. And, and you know what's great? is that there are earthly things in the corner waiting for us. There is hydration and recharge and refreshment. And I want to be very clear that this is not a, a sermon against creature comforts. It isn't. In fact, I don't know what your favorite creature comfort is, um, but I love sleeping, and so I'm really interested in, in weighted blankets. Does anyone have a weighted blanket? It seems like a, a really good thing. Um, I think it would coordinate with naps and my, my liking of being warm. Um, that's awesome. Or how many of you have memory foam? Or maybe you have seat warmers, right? These are really good things. Let's, let's do more of these. Or, or who doesn't love naps? And then I don't know about you, but after a good nap, you know what I love afterwards? Coffee and sugar. I love going straight from nap into coffee and like a cookie. It is amazing. So this is not a sermon against pursuing creature comforts and you don't have to bring everything to our free garage sale that was nice and now go back to a bed of nails. But it is maybe a word of caution that if only we're going for naps, if only we're going for comfort, I, I need to maybe say this, that the creature comforts, they're good for a recharge, but they do make a lousy reason to, to keep living. Because no matter how much you nap, life is still stressful and you're going to get tired again. And no matter how comfortable your car is, the traffic is still bad. And no matter how much you spent on the weekend to recharge, Monday's still coming. So, so like, it's, it's true that they're good and they can recharge, but they're just not the end itself. So you know what's superior waiting in the corner? It's, it's not the water bottle and the recharge. It's who is there. And that God is in your corner. And God knows how to rebuild you and patch up those wounds better than anything this world can offer. See, earlier in this letter, Paul said this about God. He, he said, he's the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles. And some of you know what it is for God to do this for you. Some of you have been walking with God long enough where it was through the simple and the mundane that, that, that he used something in that day to just remind you of his presence, to remind you on a day where you felt forsaken or abandoned that you are not alone. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you know what it is to be in the word of God and, and to kind of have that shepherd lead you into these green pastures and beside quiet waters and to be restored of soul 
In fact, as your pastor, I got to tell you, I, I listen to sermons during the week. I, I, I got to be preached to. I don't know how many times I've had that word of God just do a flip in my world. Where I was in a certain place and now he brought me to a better place. That's what he does. This is the God who, yes, says, come to me. If you're weary and heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. And sometimes I'll use a nap and a cookie and coffee. And sometimes I'll use just the hug of another person who's just so kind. And sometimes I'll just use a restaurant and I'll use this or that. But, but it is me who gives you this rest so that you can go on. Round 36, ding, ding. But it is a fight. And there is a reason for our discomfort. And so before we go, I need to give you two reasons that he allows discomfort. Are, are you ready for this? Two reasons that he allows discomfort. One of the, the great pictures that is in this section is that we have a treasure in jars of clay. And um, let me get there. Here we go. Treasure in jars of clay. What I love about this imagery is that you cannot praise the, the jar clay, can you? You cannot say, wow, that is the most immaculate and pristine and wonderful and strong clay jar. What you're attracted to is on what's inside, aren't you? And so for us who feel our weakness, we can never be too impressed with ourselves. And God might allow you to be weak and allow you to get weary so that you stop relying on your own strength. And so that also when, when people praise you, you have to deflect that praise to God because you know who got you through. There is all-surpassing power, but it is not from yourself. It is from God. And so why might he allow some discomfort? Our discomfort is there to remind us and others that God is the true attraction. In fact, sometimes uh, you have a role model, let's say it was a father or a mother, and, and they knew it was to follow Jesus in a well way, uh, but, but sometimes you saw the chinks in the armor, and maybe that was actually God's grace reminding you that they're strong because of God, not because of who they are, but because God in them. That's okay if you see that in a pastor, if you see chinks in their armor, that's okay to remind you it is God's power, not that person. There's another reason that he allows us discomfort. This past Monday, I went to a very uncomfortable gathering. There's a funeral. My, my brother, who you've seen preach online, it was his mother-in-law who passed away, and so we went to Pekin, Illinois, uh, to be there for the funeral. And guys, in many ways, I, I feel like it'd be healthy for us to go to a funeral almost every day. And it'd be healthy because it put things in perspective. It put in what matters and what doesn't, right? Like, it put in, like, a family sacrifice to raise their children, right, better than, you know, them being comfortable. It put in perspective uh, why our faith matters and why struggling to share this message matters. If, if there is death, friends, then what we do in these moments and, and why we come here, it all very much matters if there is death. And what I saw is a man... Um, th this is Mr. Herlick on, on this side, who was, who was living out what I was just telling you. See, here he was very comforted as his grandkids all came to give him a hug as they just closed the casket. But he was not comfortable. 
He, he was in the process of being comforted and yet not very comfortable at the very same time because the days are going to change and his life is different. This was a wife of over 50 years who was a bright light. It's going to be uncomfortable. And, and then I had a chance to, to, to hear my brother say, you know what, this is not a comfortable situation. The way he put it, I don't want to be here. Because no one wants to say goodbye to those that we love. And no one wants to face the pain of death, our enemy. But it was good to be there. And it's good to have those moments. Those moments that remind you how wrecked this world is. Those moments that don't allow you to be convinced, I can just do me and things will go my way here on earth. See, God allows discomfort because we are not yet home. And to the degree he's just telling you right now in your life, you're not home yet, you're not home yet, you're not home yet, that is his grace upon you. So we can live in discomfort. And I believe there's no better way to live. You know, as, as we look at year 2020, there are a lot of um, hashtags of best life now. Best life now. And if you follow that on Instagram, you're going to find people buying houses and going to Ireland. And you're going to find people who are, are doing all sorts of things, pursuing themselves. But if you want to live your best life now, it is a life of faith. It's a life that says, maybe I'm not so comfortable, but I am doing something significant. It's a life that says, wow, this life is not about me. It is about my God. May God give you strength to keep on fighting whatever round you're in. May he convince you that it's worth it. And may he recharge you along the way. Amen.